first up, got to admit, not a sneakerhead. Yeah. But I do love some sneakers. Right. Have you ever used a shoe as a weapon? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm John, creative director for Device Packaging. And I'm Jesse, independent graphic designer specializing in packaging and branding. And you're listening to Clean Up on Aisle 9. We're going to be talking about... Sneakers. Now, are we specifically just talking sneakers or sneakers. shoes in general? Well, I'm talking sneakers. You You're can talk about sneakers. whatever you want to talk about. Okay. I mean, your sidebar, Jesse, you can be, you know. I want to ask you right off the bat, do you remember what your first pair of sneakers were? Oh. Like, I mean, like, really, like, kind of cool sneakers oh. that you remember, like, oh, man. I'm My cool, first cool sneakers. Yeah, these, I'm going to put it at the foot of my bed. I'm not letting them out of my eyesight. Right. That sort of, Yeah. I grew up, I you know, the first few formative years of my life were spent in a trailer, in a trailer park. Yeah, yeah. So we did not have a whole lot of money. Right. And coming up from then, my dad worked really hard to get us into apartments and then into a house. So kind of everything went, the money went to that trajectory. Right. It wasn't a lot of money for, like, I would get the, the kids that were on sale. Oh, but, oh, you'll grow into them. He's a size 11. <laughs> you grow into them. some ski poles. Jesus. <laughs> There's going to be snow in the winter. It's I a win-win. There's one day of snow in North Carolina, yeah. and all of a sudden, all the other kids swear to God that Bigfoot lives in our neighborhood because they see these size 11 <laughs> footprints going through the snow. But you kids were mainly the thing you wore? Uh, yeah, I, di- I didn't love them. I think the first the first shoes that I probably loved were um, Converse, uh, All Star, Chuck Taylors. Oh wow! Well, that's like that's a, cool. A high tops. So when I was growing up, I went to an all Catholic school. We had to wear uniforms and right. stuff. And then I was born with flat feet. So oh, even man. though <laughs> you're flat footed Catholic, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was, I was a flat footed. <laughs> Yeah. You know, the Bible talks about that. I, I, can, well, I couldn't run Be on Be thou not flat-footed Catholic. I couldn't run on water. You know? <laughs> right? Well, maybe you just weren't trying hard enough. I know. You know, we had to wear salt and pepper pants with these kind of checkered... I remember that in one of our earlier episodes. Right. Describing I'm, this whole uh, yeah, but we had to wear some, disaster. <laughs> we had to wear some... <laughs> we had to wear uh, dress shoes. Oh. But but mine were looked a little different because I had to have special correct shoes. I mean, they couldn't have looked worse. I mean, they were the dorkiest things on the planet. Man. Did the, the priests and nuns there help you pray to Jesus for like regular feet? <laughs> you know, Jesus, I'm not asking for much. Just help no. this kid. No. Give him some feet. I'm sorry I brought it up. Let me get... Okay, like, so my... Sorry, Jesus doesn't have feet for you. My... <laughs> You're going to have to wear corrective shoes. Oh, help me. Uh, so mine... <laughs> No, but when I broke out and I was able to like convince my mom because she was the gatekeeper okay. to buy me some cool shoes. Mine, right. mine were Pumas. Mine were oh. the low top. They were bl- they were like the blue suede with the white, uh, you know, classic. The Puma and yeah. those those things were like couldn't get any dust or dirt on them. You know, no. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You got to keep them keep them looking crisp. You know, yeah. It was yeah. like a whole thing, like. Nowadays, you got like the magic eraser and stuff. Yeah, what is that? But, the sponge with yeah, yeah. So, so those work that... like great on on sneakers. But like back in the day, no, you didn't have no magic eraser. No, it was like just a regular like, eraser, dish soap, and like a and course, prayers. <laughs> dish soap, and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> no, a little dish, little dish soap, and a toothbrush. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, just getting around the sole. If your soles are white and they got all mucked up. Yep. Yep. You know, yep. But if something got if something got stained on mm. your, you have to get get the Clorox on that soon. Yeah, get it on there quick. 
Try a little bit on of it's suede. Wash. That's what they were. They, it was oh, the suede. Oh yeah, that's those are rough. The, the suede. Is but you had like, the blue. It wasn't like white. No, no, I didn't yeah. have the white. Then no, the ones after that that I got that were pristine white with green stripes were mm. a pair of Adidas. Oh, oh yeah. Remember the Adidas shell toes? The sh- oh yeah, yeah. The ones that look yeah, like- yeah, yeah. So this one pair of Adidas shell toes I got here to share with you, and I'm gonna let me describe this for the home audience. Now these are black on black Adidas that. shell toes. These are as black as black can get. The shell toe is black. All the trim is black. The sole solid black. Yep. Everything black, black logo black. The only thing that's not black is hidden underneath the black mesh are the three trademark Adidas stripes in white. So you can just see them at like the right angle oh, I up see, yeah. close. Now, you'll never guess where I got these. Um, at the Adidas store? Nope. I'm just riffing. Try again. <laughs> I'll take shoes for 500 Alex. All right. I got these. Online? Nope. At a thrift shop? I got these in Hong Kong. Sure. Before they were released in America, because I had a work trip that I was going to Shenzhen, and I got to fly through Hong Kong. And so I stayed in Hong Kong for, for a night, and the <laughs> next morning, I went straight out to Sneaker Street. Oh, okay. Now, <laughs> Sneaker Street is like, you've been to Las Vegas, right? I just was Imagine there. Imagine if you replaced gambling with sneakers. <laughs> really? It is like That's... a mile wow. of just... sneaker shops, and a ton of like little ones, like... They're just packed in everywhere. Okay. Uh, and so there's all this great street food and there's all these sneakers. But I was, you know, like time was of the essence. I had to find something cool and find it fast. And and I had heard that Adidas were working on these black on black ones that were going to be available like in six or eight months or whatever in the U.S. So when I went there, I was like, I need to see if I can find these because they look badass. And so... Oh, I see. Okay. So I had to look around for a while till I found like a couple shops that sold Adidas. Most of them didn't have this model. Then I finally found them like right as time was running out for like a great price at this other place. They had them in my size, bought those suckers, rolled out of there. I still got them and they they have held up really well. How long have you had these? God, I probably was in, I think I was in Hong Kong probably like six years ago. Oh, yeah. If you ever get a chance to go to Hong Kong, Sneaker Street is where it is at. It's man. It crazy. Happened. Yeah. So when I was just getting into high school, then myself and another friend of mine really got into BMX. Oh, BMX right. racing. Right. And so we, because the community of that we were racing in, everybody was wearing bands. That was mm. the, that was the go-to yep. sort like of the sneaker. Skaters did too. Yeah. Yeah, and we couldn't really get them where we lived in 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 Red Bluff. Okay. And I we eventually convinced the guy that ran our local shoe store right. to like get a hold of this brand and get them in. They're really popular down in Southern California and they eventually got them into the store. Wow. But the big thing in the day was you'd buy two pair, for example, you'd buy one that was a dark blue and one that was a light blue. Right. And then you'd switch them up. You'd put the dark ah. blue on your left foot and then, and my friend did the same thing with the same colors, right? Okay. And so, You're and, like a team. And so you'd be at like the school and someone would go, oh, hey, you and Bruce, man, you guys are wearing this you guys traded shoes you know and it's like yeah no idiot I'm, i mean i wear an 11 he wears like a seven you're you like know? no my foot is up your ass right now <laughs> yeah. why don't you go trade that 
Why don't you go trade? talk to Bruce about trading shoes? We're going to trade some shoes up your ass. How about that? Yeah, shoe bully. Yeah, yeah. your story <laughs> brings up something I think that is that is sort of universal to the the sneaker experience. There is a certain quest that the great sneakers draw you to. Right. There's a rarity to them. Right. And you're like. I gotta have those shoes, and right. it's like a real thing, and that no, it adds is. to the experience of like getting them. Oh yeah, and then then you walk around and you're like, man, I'm the shit. I got <laughs> yeah. my shit on. <laughs> yeah, I got my. Watch out. Yeah, watch out. Look yeah. out. I some of these people that go like to like you know like the red carpet stuff, or right. they're doing fashion things, or they're going out somewhere. Yeah, they're wearing brand new crisp sneakers for one time, and then they just they're off to someone else, or they're. Yeah. You just spent a hundred grand on right. some Drakes. Are you wearing them? I mean, where do you wear? Them? Uh, yeah, and if you wear them, is it on carpet only, or right. is it like sidebar? A friend of ours, Greg, his right. father, who's really into Ferraris. Okay, right, right. Bought the F something. He bought this thing from. I think he might have been the third owner. The car was from the factory. Had never had water on it. You know, so he owned it for a few years, but was could only take it out when it was dry, and was so nervous about getting water on the oh, paint. Man, it's right. like it's like these shoes. You know, it's like right. can you even enjoy something if it's you, that precious? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know, when we talk about um, the packaging of yeah. shoes. That's a whole other thing because I'll be honest with you. I haven't like saved sneaker boxes because, oh, this is like a great piece of art. But, you know, like sneakerheads will have these shoes and they'll have some really crazy packaging. Now, we'll share this in the link here. But this is from Sneaker Freaker. I came across that, yeah. And this is the most legendary sneaker packaging ever. Right. And there is some crazy stuff in here. Some of this stuff is really goofball. I know, but yeah. Oh, I like the Reebok Alien Stomper High. So yeah. this is a super high top. This looks more like motocross boots to me. They do look like they are. They do look like. And they're fashioned apparently yeah. after the, I could see the you shoes in a pair that of Ripley these. wore could... in Aliens, the sequel. Oh, were they really? So they're fashioned oh, after those, damn. which is why they have that alien looking suitcase that they come in. That's the packaging. The those suitcase. are pretty cool. I like those the best so far. Those are kind of those are kind of cool. There's some other cool stuff in here. There's a Vans Pro Classic 50th that the box actually has is wood and it has a little kind of half pipe and one of those mini little finger skateboards. Oh, so you can do your little wow, finger I skate see that. tricks. That is so cool. The little quarter pipe. Yeah, it's got a quarter pipe inside the box. That's super clever, right? Like you got Nike SB Blazer Fly Milk. All right, listen to this one. So who's missing? <laughs> this dude. Yeah. Okay. So this was a collab, and this guy who started the Fly Skate Shop in Shanghai, he used to sell milk. He was a milk salesman. Oh wow! Then he started working for. He did a collab with Nike and designed these shoes that were kind of like in the same color and a little bit style of some milk he was doing. And then the packaging for it was an oversized milk carton. Yeah. And so they would put the shoes in the milk carton. Right. And that's how you got it. And it's got a picture of, you know, have you seen me? The missing the missing dude there on the outside. Yeah, I know. That's kind of, it's kind of weird. <gasps> it's look, at, look at this cereal pack. Oh, there it is. The Nike General Nike Mills. Nike Kyrie 4 cereal pack. Oh, yeah. So, if, wow. and if you haven't listened to our cereal episodes, oh, there's yeah. two of Check them. Oh, yeah. Check them out. And they're this hysterical walk down a sugar-coated memory lane. Wow. But, um, yeah, they did different colorways that celebrated Lucky Charms, Kicks, and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. 
and they put them in a cereal inspired box like and it and they did the logos so the the lucky charms is done like it says nike basketball but in the lucky charms style like so that's a really interesting kind of co-brand action There's sneaker freaker sneaker freaker sneaker freaker and i yeah. like their logo Sneaker Freaker. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got like the flipped around, the 180. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Kinda, it's, it's fun. It's like reflecting on itself. Yeah. It's kind of cool. But, but yeah, some of this packaging is... is whack. Yeah, it's whack. Yeah. yeah. But this is all special edition stuff. This isn't like your everyday... No. Like mass produced packaging. Right. This is going back to 2011. Puma hooked up with the Fuse Project. Right. I'm going to torture this guy's names... Oh, this, good. This guy's name, um, Eves, if that's how you say his name. E? Or Ives Bihar. I think Bihar. they say E. Eve? E Bihar? Yeah, Eve Bihar. Eves is the one that put together this this package for Puma back in 2011. And it was like one of the first on the block to be very sustainable. And they called it the Clever Little Bag. Okay. Basically, it's a bag in a box combination comprised of a flat cardboard sheet that folds into a box structure to hold the shoes. Okay. And fits seamlessly into a cloth bag. And it has all the Puma branding around the bag. It's on the dialine.com. But um, one of the things I thought that was pretty clever as well, when they when they were trying to make this thing as sustainable as possible, a couple of the pieces that they had to extract from the cardboard to make, to make this sort of folded die cut piece, okay. they actually used... The extra piece of cardboard is inserts into the shoes. So there's nothing wasted at all with the packaging. Nice. And then, you know, once you take your shoes out, then you have this great little bag that has a handle on it that you can use. But that's super clever. But I think with all the effect that it had to save stuff, like 85 tons of paper alone. Wow. um, One million liters of fuel and one million liters of water in this one little package. Right. That's crazy. Nice. If we're just going to focus on sneaker, any type of sneaker that we think has ugly or poor branding. Okay, that's a that's, that's a good question. Most of the stuff that I see, I mean, obviously there's the famous Nike swoosh story that's, you know, yeah. back in the day that was created by this young woman. They bought it from her for like $35. That was the famous story back then. Right. And now it's like we've discussed this on the program before. Let's say we had five different individuals in the studio here Mm -hmm. and you gave them a task of like three or four different logos to draw just out of pure memory. Mm -hmm. Definitely one. I think everybody, 100 percent, we get the Nike swoosh. Yeah. You know, you know, when I look at a lot of shoe logos. Yeah. The thing that I notice is that the logo has to be designed to actually be an integral part of the shoe design so you know oh, yeah. adidas has those three stripes because they have the iconic three stripes on their shoes right, right? yeah nike has that swoosh and they'll put it on the shoes and they're getting more and more creative about the way they'll do it you know when i was coming up it was just like pretty much as big as they could get it kind of on each side and that was it but now you can buy shoes and they'll be just like a little logo hidden somewhere or like an oversized super graphic that's kind of cropped out. So they've gotten really creative. Same with like the Reebok logo. Like I think that's a particularly kind of ugly logo. When you look at the logo by itself, Right. it's ugly. Yeah. It's like a one triangle crossing over another bendy triangle that's kind of like split in half. 
But, you know, they put that on the shoes themselves, right? Oh, right. When you look at a lot of these shoes, a lot of times the DNA of the logo is based on what they've put on the shoe itself. Right. To make it recognizable. Yeah. Like if people love shoes. Yeah. They kind of aren't going to care. No, they're not going to care. And you could say that about any one of the, of the shoes really. Right. You know? Yeah. I just feel like that, that Reebok logo could really, really use some love. And I don't know what you would do for that. Um, you know, sometimes you will find for, for branding, you'll find inspiration just in the history of that brand, right? Right. Where it came from. Yeah. Oh, look, there's a whole section on Wikipedia about the logo evolution. Oh, really? 1977 is when they came up with that type style. So that's why it looks so dated. Right. And then they kept that up until 2000. 2000, they did this other god-awful looking thing. Then 2005, they switched it to make it even worse. Yeah. And then 2008, they tried to go super generic, and that looks horrible. In 2014, they made it super generic with some weird triangle thing that makes it look like an oil company. No, it kind of looks like a car company. Yeah. 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 And then 2019, they they basically went back back... to 1997 and just inverted it. They put the symbol underneath the word mark. Right. I still wow. think it's still they, hideous. They, they, they've. This surprises me. I, I never really paid that much attention to it because when I'm thinking of Reebok, I always thought of you know the two lines and one line cross hatching each mm. other. But now looking over the logo evolution, you know, throughout the years, it's like holy crap. They're like every couple of years they're changing the damn thing. It's yeah. like, and I'm just riffing here, but maybe. With some shoe brands, now you look a little different. We don't care because that's how you're supposed to be. You're innovative. You know, you're doing that. Right, right. right. But I think you'd be in a much stronger place to come up with one cool element like the Nike Swoosh or like the Puma. And build off of that. And then build all your stuff around that. And these guys look lost to me. Yes. It's got the whole stripey thing from 1997. Right. But the type from 1977. Yeah. And the problem is that both of those things are very complicated. Exactly. So with the logo, if you put two complicated things together, it just becomes noise. No, no, it does. Because they're both fighting for attention. Yep. It's all you you want to do one or the other. You want to have a very, in my opinion, you want to have a very... Um, stylized word mark, which they do in this Reebok. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you just put your finger and hide the crosshatch stuff underneath it, mm-hmm. that the the stylized word mark kind of looks cool. It doesn't well, look it's that... back to 1977. No, I understand right that. There. But, I mean, it, it, it looks okay. No, I mean, it's... it's uh, mm-hmm. um, but when you put them both together, that now they're they're fighting... Mm-hmm. for what it's supposed to be. It's almost like you'd want to have this diagonal graphic and then just have a real simple, mm-hmm. um, clean Reebok. I think because that symbol is so funky, you got to defunkify the type a little bit. Right. The well, even just, the type is just working too well, hard. On their site, when you go to Reebok.com, they just use that, what do we want to call that graphic? The diagonal the straps. The, yeah. They use that up in the left-hand corner, yep. and they don't put the word, any type of word around it. Yep. Okay? Because it's too and, busy. And then on some of their on some of their shoe stuff, they just, they don't even really use the, they just use a couple of the stripes from that. Yep, and they're not yep. locking up the logo with it on the sides of the shoes or anything like that. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really the, I think they can, they can keep their strap thing because that's part of the DNA of their actual shoe design. All right, so... 
fine, I don't have to like that. It makes sense. Keep that. But yeah, that type, type gotta go. They need to simplify the shit out of that type. Yeah. It could still be like iconic. They could come up with their own typeface. The problem for me with that Reebok typeface is one, it's a constant mishmash or, or fight between the corners and the curves. Two, there's gaps in almost every letter. Gap in the R, gap in the E's, gap in the B. Yeah. Like there's just all these gaps. So once you put those gaps in there and then you've got, look at your E. It's like a, it's like a corner fighting with a curve. Like once you've got yeah. all these corners and curves and gaps all cluster fucked up together, it's like, it's just your eye doesn't even want to go across it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's strange. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's just too fussy. Make it simple. I mean, they could, they could go so far as to, if they're not going to lock it up with a logo, they could keep their same R and just make the rest of the type not so funkity. They could, definitely. Yeah. That would be one way to... Yeah. But again, the bottom line is when you look at the, the capital R and Reebok, yep. they have it nestled so tight to one of the diagonal. It make it, It's almost like, wow, you guys didn't even take the time to make the two diagonals kind of parallel. Mm-hmm. So they would mesh together better. Yep. I don't. I don't. I don't get that at all. Let me ask you this. Okay. Have you ever used a shoe as a weapon? <laughs> it's like I'm serious. No, no I'm trying you ever to use a shoe as a weapon. I'm trying to remember. What, um, uh, I must have thrown a shoe at something at some point, but so it's interesting you say that because that is the sort of the immediate thought is. It's not necessary to whack somebody with it. It's the idea that you could throw a shoe, that you could launch it yeah. as a as like a distance weapon. I lived in this huge and rambling old Victorian apartment. Yeah. And the people downstairs moved out. And their apartment was just like, they had been there forever. It was trash. And there was all this garbage out front and all this kind of stuff. And so the landlord came, cleared everything out, started remodeling. Well, lo and behold, apparently they had mice down there. Oh, boy. And now that everything is gone, the mice got to go somewhere. Oh, yeah. So the mice come upstairs. No. I was sitting on the couch. My <laughs> brother was out staying with me. And uh, we were sitting there watching the TV. And right next to the living room is the kitchen. Doors open. And I see this mouse <laughs> run by the door. Oh, boy. And I tell my brother, like, Luke, check out. And we watch for a minute. The mouse runs back across again. <laughs> We watch him, and he does this thing like three or four times. So he's, I don't know what this mouse is doing, but he's going back and forth. And it's like in a shooting gallery. Yeah. There's like the door is open. It's dark <laughs> in the room. There's a lit kitchen. And this mouse and goes, zip, zip, zing. Zip, zip. <laughs> so I go, I go, 20 bucks says, oh. I get this mouse. Oh, poor little mouse. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, you can't. Because we're sitting like 20, 30 feet away yeah. in this giant rambling apartment. So I pull my shoe off. Uh-huh. Now wait, that little mouse goes zip, boing, man! I yeet that shoe, <laughs> pop! No, hit yeah. the mouse! Oh no, he went flying! Oh poor little guy, mousey! I know. Oh man, we went in there. Well, I couldn't find him. Oh yeah, Mickey. But what he happened, like, Mickey? I don't know, man. Yeah, but he got knocked, and that was it, and he was gone. He was gone. But it was like it was a one in a million shot. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like wow. I think that was a, that was a Chuck Taylor high top. Was it? Yeah. Oh man, that's my my recommended shoe of choice as a mouser. 
as a mouser. As a, as a or amateur mouser. Wow. Just the once. Converse just, Chuck Taylor yeah. high top will work on a mouse from greater oh, than 20 feet. Yeah. At night, <laughs> several beers in, watching the TV. Oh, I, uh, yeah, that happened to me once, not with a shoe, but out on the ranch. I don't know what I, I was wasting some time and way like probably 50 yards away. I out in the field. I saw this jackrabbit, a lot of jackrabbits around. Okay. So I just picked up a rock. I wasn't, I'm just going to go, I'm going to throw it by the jack, see if I can scare him. You right. know, I what, did, wasn't even, didn't even take aim or anything through this big lob thing. Right. And I nailed the guy. I mean, I didn't you just want to, hail married him right now. Oh, high. he was gone, and I was—I felt so bad. I go, wow! I was just like, was he was, dead? Oh yeah, and yeah, I—it was a. What'd you do with him? It was after? a perfect bang. Yeah. Well, you just—it was in the middle of a field of buzzards. Take care of that. <laughs> they do. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. <clears throat> you just looked the other way and pretend it didn't happen. I know. I just I it felt so bad though. I wasn't. I, I yeah. I just like, wasn't trying to, because they just sit there in the field, right, mocking you. Yeah. And um, well, and, that one won't mock you again. Yeah. Well, killed there a duck you go. out on the golf course once. Wait, what? Killed a duck out on the golf course. What? What? Okay. Yep. How'd this happen? Oh, I'm teeing off on a par four, <laughs> and it was a, a waterway in the front. And I guess there were some ducks over on the side, and I hit this low, what they call a worm burner, you know, just a low thing. <laughs> right. And right as I hit it, here comes this duck, and it was just like, it hit like it. Nailed a tree, just perfect shot. Bam. Out. Done. One and done. Oh, man. Man. Felt so, I mean. What kind of shoes were you wearing then? (laughs) Probably some tennis shoes. Yeah. They weren't really golf shoes. All right. They could have been some Vans. I don't know. There you go. Well, it's been another awesome As Are we done already? We've we've talked a lot about, did we learn anything? I don't know. God, I hope not. Well, it's been a great episode here on Clean Up Up on on Aisle 9. Thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe and share with your friends. And leave us a review so we can reach more awesome listeners like you.